Hello Fitzroy and a very special welcome to any of you who are visiting with us for our online service today. My name is Paul. I help to lead the youth ministry here at Fitzroy and it's my prayer that whoever you are, however you find us online today and wherever you're watching this service from, that as we join together in worship that you will be encouraged. Please join me in our responsive call to worship and the words will appear on screen. Trust in the Lord at all times, O people. God is a refuge for us. God is our rock and salvation. We shall not be shaken. God is good and in him we find our strength. We sing of all God's wonderful works. We give thanks and praise to the Lord. Let's join together in worship.
prayers of intercession today, we're going to base them around the words of Psalm 86, which is described in the Bible as a prayer of David. David was a man who turned to God in many situations, both desperate and in times of thankfulness. And this is really reflected in the words of this psalm. So let's look at some of those before we actually start to pray. Hear me, Lord, and answer me. I call to you all day long. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. You are great and do marvellous deeds. You alone are God. You are compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me. Have mercy. Show your strength. Save me. Give me a sign of your goodness. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Today, as we pray for others, I'd like you to think of individuals or families, whether here or across the world, who are in situations similar to the ones that we're praying for. And at the end of each section of prayer, if you could join me in the words, Hear me, Lord, and answer me. I call to you all day long. Let's pray. Lord, for all who are discouraged today because of the situation they find themselves in, because they are not in the place that they want to be, whether it's through unemployment or broken relationships or exam results, Lord, we ask that you would speak to their hearts. Help them remember that you love them and you're infinitely patient. Lead and guide them to the things that will help them move forward when they are stuck or trapped in their thinking. Give them the desire to seek wise counsel and to draw closer to you. Help them not to compare themselves to others, but only to look to you. Help them to have patience with themselves and their situation as we are all works in progress. Hear me, Lord, and answer me. I call to you all day long. Lord, we pray for those who are struggling. You know the situations they are in now. Help them have strength to cast their cares on you, whether they have suffered great loss or they are going through times of worry or illness themselves. Remind them of your faithfulness, that you have a plan to work everything out. May they know your loving and intimate presence right here and now. May they experience firsthand how mighty, how powerful and how faithful God truly is. Hear me, Lord, and answer me. I call to you all day long. Lord, we know that you have a plan We pray for those who need confidence to follow your direction, patience to wait on it, and knowledge to recognise it when it comes. We pray for all those in government, in church leadership, in the education system, 
who need guidance at this time of coronavirus when no one knows what will happen next. May they have your wisdom where they seek good counsel. May they have confidence to follow the direction they are shown. Hear me, Lord, and answer me. I call to you all day long. We pray for those we know who are caring for others, whether they are young families caring for small children or older people caring for a partner or a parent who needs round-the-clock supervision. We pray that these carers can clothe themselves in your compassion, kindness and patience. We pray that you will ease their burdens and provide times of rest and refreshment so they can care for themselves. We pray, Lord, that you will give them energy to fulfil their tasks, help them not to lose their joy and give them moments of laughter. In times of frustration, help them to be slow to anger and to refrain from giving frustration a foothold. Comfort them as they mourn what they have lost. Fill them with your love for extra grace when they are spent and weary. Hear me, Lord, and answer me. I call to you all day long. And Lord, we pray for ourselves. We pray you would use us to help in any way we can in any of these situations. Open our eyes and make us aware of opportunities we can help those in need. To ask ourselves, who is our neighbour? And to see them through your eyes. We thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers and you do answer them, just as you did with King David all those centuries ago. Your answer may not come quickly or be the answer we expected or may even turn out to be so much more than we ask for. Hear me, Lord, and answer me. I call to you all day long. Amen.
Today's reading is from Psalm 86. Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you, because you answer me. Among the gods there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring your glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me, give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love towards me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me, but they have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength on behalf of the servant. Save me because I serve you, just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness, that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. This reading is from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight.
Life right now seems to be filled with so much change and so much uncertainty. And as we look ahead to the coming weeks and months, there's understandably a lot of anxiety. So it seems to me that we need some anchor points in the midst of a storm of uncertainty. Anchor points that can enable us to be a non-anxious presence in an anxious world. Well, in the Psalms, David often calls out to God for rescue. He states his appreciation of all the help that God has given him through his life. Even though he's found himself in perilous situations, he doesn't dwell too much on the danger he was in, but instead interprets these circumstances as occasions for praising God for his help. David uses his testimony as a way of encouraging others to praise God. The Psalms are a literary sanctuary, a place where people can address God with praise and with lament. The Psalms are honest, they're open and real, and they express all of the human emotions from pain to praise. And if we read David's Psalms, we see that David understood something really important. It was a, an anchor point that he had a solid grasp of, that it was impossible for God to leave him stranded. I wonder, has someone ever left you stranded? Has someone abandoned you, you know, just left you hanging? Well, God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God will never leave you. God will never forsake you. He's always there with you. So in our online service today, we're going to focus on this big idea. God will never abandon you. This is one of those reliable anchor points. It's impossible for God to leave you stranded. It's against God's nature to do that. It's against his character. Our situations and circumstances in life change all the time. But I want to remind you of some good news today. God does not. So if you believe this, that God will never abandon you, what can you have in life? Well, here's the first thing. I believe you can have comfort because God is with you. Comfort because God is with you. You see, God's promise isn't that you'll never have trials, that you'll never face problems or difficulties. If you have a pulse, you're going to feel some pain in life. But God's promise is that you are not alone as you go through all of that. In Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 we read, Do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Let me talk to you a moment about fear. The dictionary gives a couple of definitions of fear. To be afraid or frightened of something or to be uneasy or apprehensive about something. We're all afraid of something. We can have all di many different kinds of phobias. I did a little research and here's a few that I came up with. There's claustrophobia, which of course we all probably know is the fear of confined spaces. And then there's cyclophobia, which is fear of bicycles. And then my personal favorite, arachibotyrophobia, the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. And you can even have phobophobia, a fear of phobias. We're all afraid of something. What are you afraid of. We all have fears. Some are good. They protect us and some are bad. They can destroy us. Fear can keep you imprisoned. A bit like the Japanese soldier who spent 28 years in prison. Not a prison of walls but a prison of fear. You see he fought on the island of Guam and fearing defeat meant certain capture by the Americans. He ran into the jungle and he hid in a cave. He learned that the war was over by reading some of the pamphlets that the Americans had dropped over the jungle. But he feared capture, so he continued to hide. 
for 28 years. He only came out at night. He existed on a diet of rats and frogs and mangoes. And it was only when he was discovered by hunters that he was finally convinced it was safe to leave the jungle. That's shocking, isn't it? That's tragic, we say. What a waste of a life. But the truth is, it's all too common. Fear can keep you imprisoned. Don't be afraid. God tells us this a lot in the Bible. In fact, from the first book of the Bible to the last book in the Bible, 209 times in between, God comes with this message to humanity. Don't be afraid. And it's a message we desperately need to hear. Isn't it true that there's no greater peace than knowing that there's someone with you when you're going through a difficulty or a problem? There's no greater peace than knowing that there's someone next to you, with you, no matter what. Well, today a lot of people feel alone. They feel abandoned. And this simple message is to let you know, to remind you that God is with you and he will not leave. He's here to stay. Once you accept God into your life, he's there to stay. He won't leave ever. His help is at hand. And you can have comfort because God is with you. Secondly, you can have confidence because God loves you. You can have confidence because God loves you. Not only is he with you, but he loves you. God's with you and he loves you. And this gives us security. You see, I don't think you wake up in the morning and say, I hope that I'm lonely today. I hope that nobody loves me. I want to be insecure. I just want to be lonely. I don't want anybody to like me today. No, we don't do that. When we wake up, we want to be with people. We want to be loved. We want to be noticed. We want to be loved by people. We're better connected. We're wired for community. We're born to be loved. In Isaiah chapter 54 verse 10, we find these words. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfeeling love will not be shaken. God's love is unfeeling love. Now, maybe some of you watching today don't feel loved. Maybe you feel like, well, I've messed up. I've messed up too many times for God to love me. I've, I've mistreated too many people for God to love me. Well, God loves you no matter what. God loves you no matter what you've done. God loves you no matter what you do. God loves you no matter what you could do. He loves you just as you are, though you're not as you should be. Now, he loves you too much to leave you as you are. But you can have confidence because God loves you. Thirdly, you can trust in God's direction because he is consistent. We are all looking for direction in life. We all want to know where we're going. When you were a child and you got into the car with your parents, what was one of the first things you used to ask? Parents, if you have young children, you'll know this well. Are we there yet? When are we going to get there? Whether we're just starting out in life and we want to know what we're going to do for a living or who we might marry. Or whether we have accumulated a fair bit of life experience and we're self-aware enough to know there'll be many times when we need direction. The truth is we all want guidance. We want to be able to trust somebody. We want a reliable source for that direction and guidance. Now in the world today, it seems to me that there's a lot of knowledge, but there's very little wisdom. And we could all do with being a bit wiser. So whether it's our words, our decisions, or our actions, we've all been guilty of errors of judgment. And sometimes it can be incredibly costly. 
Celebrity-obsessed media loves this kind of stuff. They can't wait to tell us which movie star has been picked out the wrong dress for an award ceremony or which politician has engaged in some scandalous activities, which sells magazines, which generates likes and retweets on social media. And perhaps for some of us, we take comfort in the fact that there are some people who've been even stupider than us. We all need some direction and guidance. We all need wisdom. And right in the middle of the Bible, the book of Proverbs can be found. And these aren't laws like those found in the books of Moses. They're practical words of guidance. And the opening chapters explain the benefit of wisdom, particularly the wisdom of following the ways of God. And this ability to work with the deeper principles of life, to fit into the moral, relational, spiritual world that God has made, is what the Bible calls wisdom. We've read these verses in our service today, but let's revisit them. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, we read, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 tells us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, when you trust in someone, you don't just share a few secrets with them or loan them your favorite book or your favorite album. You rely on them completely. At least that's what the Bible means by trust. The word trust in Hebrew literally means to lean with the whole body or to rest one's full weight upon something. It carries this idea of living one's life spread eagle on God. And pretty much all of life can be lived from this spread eagle position, all relying fully upon God. Trust in the Lord. We have this title, Lord, which, which is the name Yahweh, and it focuses on God's covenant-making, promise-keeping character. We are to trust in the unchanging one who can be counted on. As Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25 reminds us, whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. God is trustworthy. There's a number of compelling reasons why you can trust in him. First of all, he's conscious, which means he's aware. The word of God says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, that our heavenly father knows what things we have need of before we even ask him. Isn't it good to know that we have a God who knows us completely and who knows what we need? He's also concerned. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, we're told to cast, which means to literally to throw Throw our cares, our anxieties, our worries on him because he cares about you. Yes, he cares about you. What concerns you concerns him. So when you're facing problems and situations and obstacles that seem insurmountable, throw them on him because he can handle them. And he is consistent, which means he's faithful. And you can count on him and trust him to do exactly what he says he will do every single time. Even if others let you down and are found to be unreliable, God will never let you down. You can always trust on him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, we're told that God is faithful. And even when we are unfaithful to him, he remains faithful to us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Notice that we're called to total trust and complete commitment. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The commentators say that this same word all is used in Leviticus chapter 6 verse 22 to refer to the offering which was to be burned in its entirety. God doesn't want 
half-baked sacrifices or half-hearted devotion. He wants us to be like offerings on the altar where we give ourselves without reservation to him. He's looking for complete commitment. And the word heart here, trust in the Lord with all your heart, refers more than just to where the feelings come from. In the Old Testament, heart was considered to be the center of the mind and the will and the emotions. We're to trust God with all that we are, with all our feelings, our thoughts, and our decisions. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 continues. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. All wise people recognize the severe limits of their own natural smarts. So often what seems best to us is worse to God. What makes sense to us is senseless to him. So we have to trust God with all our hearts at lying spread eagle on him, which leaves no remaining weight for leaning on our own understanding. And then it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In all your ways, acknowledge him. That means in every detail, in everything that you do, in every detail of your life, God wants to guide your life and you can trust in his direction. And notice here that God doesn't promise to make us popular. He doesn't promise to make us comfortable. He promises something so much deeper, so much better. He promises to make our paths straight, which means that he will help us navigate through whatever life throws at us. This is the kind of wisdom that we need as we face an uncertain and anxious future. Now, one of the things that I'm most looking forward to, and it's safe to do so again, is to have a weekend away with our young people. Well, we can do some of those activities that we love to do, such as climbing and abseiling, those faith-stretching, fear-conquering, self-esteem-boosting activities. And very often when you're standing at the top of a climbing tower and you're about to lean out over the edge, it can feel like I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing. We can be terrified. And it's in those moments when we feel out of our depth that we're really thankful for our instructors because they show us how to do it. They they give us the guidance that we need and we can trust in their direction. We might be afraid, we might be terrified for our lives, but their direction makes all the difference in the world. With God, you don't have to fear. Don't be afraid. You can trust that he's going to be with you, even through pain, even through hurt and suffering. There's no place where God has not been. But maybe you're watching this today and you're thinking, well, right now I'm in a place in my life where God just wouldn't understand, where God doesn't understand. He does. He understands. And he wants to lead you through life. The question is, are you going to let him? Will you let him? You can trust in his direction. He's consistent. He's consistently good. He's consistent and he is good. As I bring this message to a close, let me leave you with Psalm 86. We read it a little earlier in our service. And in this Psalm, David is emphasizing to God his own helplessness and his own trust in God, while also expressing God's mercy and love and forgiveness. And as he expresses these characteristics of God, David is reassuring himself that God will help him because it's in God's very nature to rescue those who call him. And in verse 15, David beautifully summarizes these characteristics of God. This is what he says. But you, O Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And in verse 17, David is already so sure that God will help him that he 
feels, that he already feels comforted. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. I think David knew something of that comfort because God was with him. That confidence because God loved him. And that he could trust in God's direction because God is consistent. This is an anchor point that we can hold fast to. God will not abandon us. And when we hold fast to that anchor point, we can have that comfort. We can know that confidence and we can trust in his direction. He is our refuge and strength. He is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Amen. who has contributed to this service today and thank you to everyone behind the scenes who make all of this possible 
And now, as we are about to turn off our screens and re-enter an uncertain and anxious world, hear these words and be greatly encouraged. The Lord's throne in heaven is yet occupied. His rule is eternal and his good purposes on earth will be forever accomplished. So we need never be swayed by the brief and passing panics of this age. You are the king of the ages, O Christ, and history is held in your father's hands. We, your people, know the good and glorious end of the story. Our heavenly hope is secure. So in this time of widespread suffering, in the midst of anxiety and uncertainty, let us rest afresh in the surpassing peace of that vision, that your whole church on earth might be liberated to love more generously and sacrificially. Now, labour in and through us, O Lord, extending and multiplying the many expressions of your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today.